Gaslighting is an insidious form of manipulation and psychological control. Victims of gaslighting are deliberately and systematically fed false information that leads them to question what they know to be true, often even about themselves. They may end up doubting their own memory, their own perception, even their own sanity. Over time, a gaslighter's manipulation can grow more complex and more potent, making it increasingly difficult for the victim to see the truth. And ladies and gentlemen, in this particular equation, we are the victim. Why are we still doing this? I don't know. I don't get it. I personally think it's very dumb. And I also personally am about just, I don't know. I think I'm just Casey done with it. You are locked on Oklahoma State, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma State Cowboys. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Howdy, y'all, and hello, all. Welcome back to Locked On Oklahoma State, your daily stop for all things cowboy and cowgirl related. My name is Cody Stovall. I want to thank you very much for stopping through today to make this your first listen here on Locked On Oklahoma State. You can find me on Twitter at Aldeo State. We are available on all of your podcasting platforms as well as YouTube. Go ahead, hit the like, hit the subscribe, hit the, the bell notification, ringy dingy thingy, my hobby, so that way you can be updated whenever we, we drop new content. So we do have a lot of stuff coming up. But today, obviously, I wanted to focus on this incessant need that it appears we have to blow smoke up the wazoos of everybody in the fan base. Like, it's so unnecessary. It's a brand new season with a lot of really, really cool things happening at this very moment inside Boone Pickens Stadium, Stillwater, Oklahoma. There's a lot of reasons to be excited. There's a lot of reasons to make sure that you you bet the over. Whatever the over-under is on wins-losses for Oklahoma State this season, bet the daggone over. That's how good things are looking this spring. So why, why do we still come out and roll out the red carpet on this gaslighting excuse train? Like, I'm not even being malicious or facetious. I understand Casey Dunn has amazing credentials. I know what Casey Dunn can do with a wide receiver room, both good and bad. I mean, hell, all you got to do is look in the NFL to see Casey Dunn's wide receiving coach resume. But let's call a spade a spade here. We all know right now Gundy is holding your hand through this quote-unquote new offense. We know that he's going to continue to be involved in the strategic game planning and oppositional preparation. So what exactly are we doing? Are we just calling calling the plays on game days? I mean, listen, I get it. There's a hundred scenarios where coaches do a lot of work, diagnosing film, finding tendencies that help your guys, finding tendencies that are hurting your guys, finding tendencies in your opponents so you know what to exploit and how to correlate it to everybody on the team, and then building all of that into film packages, blitz pickup packages, identifying defensive alignments to know what 
to do, what what to be in, what to check to. So I, I don't want to downplay his day-to-day job. I understand Casey Dunn has a lot to do. But let's be real. We're paying him offensive coordinator money to do nothing more than essentially call plays on game days and do all the, the, the little things. So I just don't see the need. Why are we talking about all this other stuff? Right. And, and if he now has this more holistic approach, should it not mean then he'll have more direct connection with the guy. So should that not mean that we have another All-American type wide receiver this year? If he can focus on the minute details and the play calling on game days as opposed to doing all of the little things and putting all of the prep together all by himself. So I do think this is a net positive for us as fans. I think this is it's a bold move by Gundy uh, this year as far as the coaching shakeups or lack thereof. Currently, I like it. I really do. I, I kind of understand the decision, kind of, because if you go off of production, like if you were owning a company, Casey Dunn, Jason Backendu, and Tim Rattay, and maybe even Charlie Dickey wouldn't have a job this year. But they all do. And that's fine, because Dickey's problems we have fixed. This is the offense that he always wanted to be able to run in Stillwater. This is the the offensive line he always wanted to be able to work with because it's, again, much more simplistic. And we're a lot nastier, we're a lot meaner, and we're a lot bigger, a lot bigger than we've ever been. You know how we, uh, you know how we typically have freshmen? banned from talking to the media, right? And it's all good. It's for good reasons. They don't know how to handle the media. They don't know how to handle tough questions. Not not, not that they don't know how to handle it. I worded that wrong. Let's just say maybe they're going to slip up and say the wrong thing, right? If you don't know, if you don't know what questions typically are coming or how to answer, sometimes you'd be a little bit too honest with what's happening in practice. So that's why freshmen don't get to speak. It's to protect them from spilling beans on things that don't need to be spilled beans on. Well, maybe we should take that approach with coaching too. And since Gundy is going to be helping Dunn this year, maybe we should take the approach that Dunn is like a freshman, especially as it pertains to the media. Because he got his opportunity this spring to finally have a little meeting kind of with the media and as you can already guess, it's it was a gaslighting central excuse train. And it just rolled on through the station on site. And it was astoundingly cringeworthy, in my opinion. It makes you question whether he's built for this or not. Well, he could probably do himself some favors by getting himself hooked up with Bill Bar, as can you. We got some exciting stuff coming down the pipeline at built.com. Again, tomorrow, Saturday, we'll have all of the details in, but the excitement is real. The anticipation is real, and it's something you don't want to miss. You know how Built Bar works or Built Puff. 
they have the most incredible bars because they're protein bars that actually legitimately taste like candy bars. The amazing flavors continue to sell out on a regular basis. And now the amazing flavor drop is coming with all the already unreal flavors. And this one is going to be in limited quantity, which is why you've got to be prepared. You've got to be ready. Mark your calendar for tomorrow. Head to built.com to be one of the first to discover what all the, the new hype is about. I personally cannot wait to see what the new flavor is. Make sure that you go to built.com right now. Use the promo code locked on 15 and get yourself 15% off your order. So again, tomorrow, set your alarm, be ready to rock and roll. Go to built.com. Use the promo code locked on 15. Get yourself 15% off the order and get your hands on the new flavors. All right. So yeah, we 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 had a meeting with the, the media. And by we, I mean coach coach Dunn. And it was everything from COVID in the very beginning, like three days after I got the job, and then a bunch of social social unrest was going on around the country, and that made things difficult. So basically, the last three years have been extremely difficult, and then you factor in injuries, and then the transfer portal pops up, and then we've had to replace players uh, almost every year, and then the NIL has come, and you had to navigate that. So again, the last three years have been a very difficult, and then... Hold my beer. You ready for this one? A reporter asked him, okay, since you've already been battle-tested now and you've been battle-tested for three years and you have a complete complement of a roster, do you still think that you'll have issues? And he said, oh, yeah, definitely. We're still, we're still going to have issues. Uh, I, I don't get it, right? And then his uh, good, a good quote to start it off is, um, he said, you see, what, what people don't realize is that we lost a huge chunk before the season. <laughs> okay, now let's unpack that a little bit. Because he's not entirely wrong. We lost, what was it, 12 offensive linemen before the season? So is he maybe throwing another little baby shot at Coach Dickey? It's possible. That may be even plausible. But then to go on and talk about, you know, Cole Birmingham's hurt and Jaden Bray's hurt and Blaine Green's hurt. And these are starters, right? These are main starters. He said it's like taking Larry Bird and Magic Johnson off of your, your team. Let that one sink in. Taking Larry Bird and Magic Johnson off the same team. That's the comparison we get, which I think is, again, gaslighting. It's absolutely preposterous. We had some injuries. Yes, we did. You specifically mentioned Jaden Bray and Blaine Green. Both of those young men were injured before the first game of the season. And then to go on and say something along the lines of, you know, we're, we're built to pass the ball. We're built to be a high-flying, prolific offense. And instead, we have to run over our skis and it takes us till game eight before we can figure it out. These are things that you probably should not be talking about, my guy. It doesn't make you look great. Again, we appreciate some honesty. So if you're not going to give us that, then you do not need to gaslight us and give us all of this excuse train. 
We don't need it. This is going to be a good season. It's going to be a fun season. We're going to shatter a bunch of people's expectations this season. So why are we still talking about how hard you've had it the last three years and how hard last year was on you? Why? Why is this a conversation? i tell you why. It's because it's systematic and it's on purpose. It's not an accident. How many times have you had beat into your brain by our coaches this year that last season was because of injury, 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 injuries. Injuries happen every minute, every second, every day, at every college across the United States of America. When you have the body by glass and you have the depth that we had, there is no excuse for the season. Stop trying to tell us that everything fell apart at the seams because of injuries. We know that's not true. Injuries play an integral role for anybody, any sport, anytime, anywhere. So I'm not naive to the fact that injuries do play a significant part in when things go backwards. But to pretend that we didn't have adequate time to adjust things is ridiculous. To pretend we didn't have adequate time to change the route concepts. If you really think that that Jaden Bray and Blaine Green are your Larry Bird Magic Johnson, which they very well might be, then you got to change something. But did we do that? Or did we beat our head against the wall and decide to run the same stuff? And maybe it was, we had it prepared and now we're not prepared. So maybe we should re-prepare. It wasn't that. It was, oh, we're prepared. Who cares if those guys are gone? We're still prepared. Oh crap, we're not very prepared, are we? That's what happened. And it didn't just happen because of injuries. Part of the injuries was potentially from the way that we handle injuries. I don't know, that could be a part of the equation too that nobody seems to want to talk about. Go ask Trace Ford. He'll tell you. It's just, I hate that, that we have so much awesome, positive stuff happening. And yet, Casey Dunn feels like he needs to talk about how hard life is. It's how difficult. It's so difficult. I don't, I just, I don't buy it. Stop lying to us. It's unnecessary. Last season was last season. Whatever happened, happened. Cool. Great. We know what to fix. We know how to fix it. From what I'm hearing, at least from Gundy's side of things, a lot of those, those instances are being fixed at this very moment. Things look much, 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 much better than last spring. So let's instead talk about how awesome this is instead of how terrible that was. This building yourself blocks of excuses it's just it's it's for the flipping birds I, I i just i can't do it yeah yeah we let 12 all offensive linemen go that made rotation difficult for for getting prepared okay say that stop feeding us this horse piss you know, I, I, I'll be on another podcast uh, with another show this, this evening uh, to kind of dispel some of the myths about what, what's going on with, with Gundy and Caleb Etienne and 
some of that fun jazz. And we're also going to be talking about, right, people have this crazy wild notion that we lost so much of a roster that we're going to be absolutely atrocious. I think it's kind of a good thing that people are underestimating us this much. Me specifically, personally, I like money. Uh, I like to make money. So the more people doubt us this season with what I'm seeing, it's going to be great. So again, let's talk about all the cool stuff happening. Let's talk about how, yeah, Jaden Bray legitimately could be our Des Bryant, our Justin Blackman, our, our Tylen Wallace. He could be that guy, should be that guy. Looks like he will be that guy if he can stay healthy. We're not necessarily better at wide receiver, which he said, I disagree with that. We're not better. But I will say that we're legitimately much better off than I thought we would be. We're not going to miss much of a beat at wide receiver. And we're not going to need to either, right? We're not going to be in a situation where we're running a bunch of four or five wide stuff. Not, it's not necessary this year. So if you take everything into context, I just think we should be focused on the positive side of stuff if you're going to lie to us. If you're going to be transparent, great, cool, we'll listen. But if not, we don't need the bull honky meter going off all the time. Or just don't talk to reporters. If you are just so compelled to mouth vomit, then just don't meet with reporters, man. I mean, it ain't that daggone hard. There's just so much great stuff. Heck, even the wide receiver position. We could talk about somebody like an Arlen Bruce. You know, I've heard him be compared uh to to john paul richardson i don't see that at all uh jpr was more of like a, a possession slot receiver type of guy sure hands ran chris routes he was pretty fast but he wasn't he wasn't gonna wiggle and, and, and shimmy and shake his way all over the field during the route concepts he does arlen bruce so think more of a josh cooper more of a david glidden type right and brendan presley continues to quietly keep doing his thing matter of fact He's bailed Alan Bowman out, honestly, on multiple occasions. Some funky-looking passes. Not necessarily terrible, but his catch radius and his body positioning is insane. Bryn Presley has acrobatic abilities with his body. We could talk about uh, that and, and how often he's helping out in the bailing out of, of, of people. I mean, heck, we could be talking about the fact that, yes, you're ready to hear this right. Gunnar Gundy and Jaden Nixon have been the biggest surprises of the spring. Gunnar Gundy, again, it's got to take it into context because of sample size, but the dude got released from the, the shoulder surgery and everything just a few weeks ago. And he has thrown several, several, several touchdowns over and over again. Now, could that be because Jazon Stribling is that flipping good? Yes. Could that be because uh, Leon Johnson III has that amount of, uh, of catch radius as well, but with a big body? Yes. Does it mean that, that, that Shetron could potentially be the all-American type that we think he could be? Yes. But Jaden Nixon has been killing it. He has been the most consistent of the running backs every single day. He keeps busting long ones. He, his hands out of the backfield are really good. He's got a good connection with multiple dudes. 
You know, Gunnar Gundy is just, he's killing it right now. Uh, you think, think what you want. I'm sure I'm going to catch a little bit of flack for that, but <laughs> it is what it is. People, people will inevitably eventually see, I guess, right? We're deeper at quarterback right now than we've been since what? Mason Rudolph, J.W. Walsh, Clint Shelf, and Taylor Cornelius were all on the roster at the same time. So think of a Clint Shelf, J.W. Walsh, that, that style of system, right? Maybe some diamondback formations, some true fullback. With significantly better talent around him. Now, I know they had some pretty phenomenal wide receivers, but the defense back then was not as good as the talent we have right now. Wide receiver, again, you're not going to see a big drop-off. We lost some talent last year. We didn't get better, per se, but we're not going to fall off like people think we are. Yet instead, we hear some of this nonsense about what went wrong and why life's so hard. I'm tired of it. I mean, let me know down in the comments, everybody. I mean, you you let me know. Um, and you guys, you know, we had that big, uh, big Monday. It got wild. It got wacky. I tweeted about it. We talked about it a little bit on, on one of the shows. But it just got super chippy. And that seems to be a theme that's going all across the board. And it's a theme that starts with people um, like Justin Kirkland, right? Like Xavier Benson. Everybody knows Kendall Daniels. Everybody knows Kendall Daniels is that NFL-ready guy right now. Everybody knows Ollie Gordon is going to be a massive problem to deal with. But Jaden Nixon started the damn thing with a massive touchdown run. Uh, and then, um, you know, Alan Bowman, it's it's still a, I don't know, catch 22. A lot of beauty, a lot of turnovers. It, it just, it is what it is. And then and then my main man, Gunner, bro, he, he steps in and he launches a bomb to Jaden Bray. And then he throws another touchdown to Blaine Green in, in the red zone on this little kind of corner route. And yeah, Bowman, he threw a touchdown as well, right? He hit one of our, our tight ends, uh, Quentin Stewart. Uh, Brim Presley, again, I talked about one of those crazy acrobatic catches where he bailed him out. And nonetheless, it was a touchdown. Good job, BP. Did his job. Dijon Stribling continues to be very impressive. Dijon Stribling, it's a problem for somebody like a, like a, a Shetron. Talon Shetron is, 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 is advertised, but you're seeing a lot more playing time out of some of these other guys and at least getting the ball. And when he gets the ball, I'll give props for props for due. John Stribling's got some wake. He's got some, uh, some, I don't know, wake up and, and, and grab your bootstraps because it's going to be a fun ride type of ability. The shimmy, the shake. And yes, Garrett Rangel threw a tutty. Yes, St. Flores threw a tutty. Uh, but, you know, Bowman threw a couple picks. I will say that uh, Garrett Rangel, his he threw a couple out routes that were on the money, on the money. Looked off the defense, shifted his hips right, came over top, didn't loop, didn't get funky with his his, his form. I like what I'm seeing out of Garrett Rangel. I like what I'm seeing a lot out of Gunnar Gundy. I like what I'm seeing out of Zane Flores. I mean, I like what I'm seeing out of Alan Bowman. I don't know that I'd pencil him as the starter. He's he's a back and forth guy. You know, he brings you a lot of good stuff, but he also brings some bad. 
And the bad is turnovers. And we all know that we've had a propensity at quarterback for turnovers recently. So if we can avoid that bug, which is going to be instrumental to the success of this style of offense, we're not going to be in a position to run up and down the field all the daggone time. So turnovers are going to be more of a glaring issue this year than the last three years, if that's indeed what happens. If we have somebody that can drop dimes but also create a lot of turnovers, he's probably not going to be the guy. This offense is going to be predicated upon somebody being more reliable, more consistent. He has picked up the offense extremely well. He's very cerebral in what he's trying to do. His cadence and everything, it's all systematically designed for him to accomplish something by setting up the linebackers or the, or the defensive tackles to show their hand. So you see that side of what he's doing. And that's part of what they love is he's not going to flinch. He knows what to do, when to do it, how to do it. And sometimes he's going to look like Drew Brees, but apparently sometimes he's also going to look like Taylor Cornelius. And that's like, you know, Taylor could throw the most beautiful ball in the world, and then, and then he'd throw one that was six yards and trailing out of bounds that was not a back shoulder, right? <laughs> that's kind of what we're seeing. So, again, you can envision this style of, of team as a Clint Shelf or a, or, or a corndog style, but we're better at defense. We're better athletically. We have better special teams. We have a more complete staff. So, again, when you put it all into perspective, this should be a very, very big year. Uh, and, you know, Alan Bowman, did, he did come back, and he he helped himself a little bit. But he also gave up the wildest play we've seen of the spring, maybe one of the wildest plays you'll see ever with uh, Alan Bowman throwing a, a pass over to Dijon Stribling DJ McKinney was blitzing from the cornerback position. And as soon as Bowman threw the ball in the middle of DJ McKinney's break, the guy, the, the corner that came from Tulsa Union that also played running back and a little bit of wide receiver out of the backfield. So it's not completely surprising. But the dude showcases his 39-inch vertical and one-handed snags a pick. It's a pick that would have been on ESPN uh top top 10 week after week after week. It would have been absolutely insane so hopefully it's something that gets more kind of widely out there because we haven't even covered cornerback uh yes 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 that is the next position that we're going to make sure that, that we break down there's just a lot of cornerbacks and there's a lot of film so there's a lot to go through and i want to make sure that i don't rush through it i want to make sure that we go by every single cornerback and and, and kind of uh, what they're doing and how beneficial they're going to be to the success of the safeties, right? The safeties are going to be able to help the linebackers. The linebackers are going to be able to help the D-line. And hopefully we have that, that shell, and it looks like we're going to. The physicality right now is off the charts. So that alone should have us excited. That alone should have us extremely pumped up. Don't sleep on Gunner. I know it's spring. So it's not, you know, the best evidence, but for the spring, Jaden Nixon is that guy. Elijah Collins looks good. Ollie Gordon looks good. DeAndre Jackson runs like a man possessed. And it's amazing to see. 
But Jaden Nixon's been still on the show, y'all. And Gunner Gundy. Like it, love it, hate it. It is what it is. He's the one throwing a lot of these studies. So we have depth. It's still Alan Bowman, Garrett Rangel. But Gunner's pushing. And it allows Zane Flores to not have to be pushed into a role that he's not ready for. If a true freshman comes in, you have to beat out people. If you're even, you're leaving. Until you learn the playbook and everything else. It is just, it is what it is. But as much as I think Garrett Rangel has the opportunity to pass Alan Bowman, right now it looks like Gunnar Gundy has the opportunity to maybe pass somebody too. And he's doing it with the ones and the twos and the threes. It's just not a one-off. Gunner looks good. But so does Zane. So does Garrett. And at times, Allen looks like, you know, the guy we want him to. So I'm going to keep saying it till the odds come out. Bet the over. Bet the over. Bet the over. All right, y'all. As always, I love you. God bless you. Go Pokes. And until next time, later.